Who's the best Spider-Man? Let's fight about that. What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay Shear. On today's podcast, Michael Gordon from the ESO podcast and the comic Tiki Zombie joins Sandra Demas, Justin Weaver, and me to determine who the best Spider-Man is. This is episode two in our MCU series, which is all leading up to Avengers Endgame. If you missed last week's episode on how Iron Man evolved in the MCU with our special guest, Helen O'Hara from the Empire Podcast, be sure to check it out on our podcast feed or on our blog at thestorygeeks.com. And don't miss next week's show on how Thor has evolved in the MCU, which is also with special guest Helen O'Hara. Make it easy on yourself by subscribing to the Story Geeks podcast on your preferred podcast provider. You know, the Story Geeks do more than just podcasts. At thestorygeeks.com, you can find blogs from Ashley Pauls and Anthony Holder and links to all of our aftercasts. What's an aftercast? It's the podcast we record right after this one. It's published exclusively for our Patreon supporters. On today's aftercast, Michael Gordon will share some of his thoughts on his favorite Spider-Man. Become a Patreon supporter and you'll unlock access to all of our premium content, including our aftercasts. Stay tuned. We'll be thanking all of our Patreon supporters by name at the end of this show and hearing a little bit more about their favorite Spider-Man. Thanks for listening in. The Story Geeks podcast is produced by the Reclamation Society. Who is going to win? I don't know, but let's get it on. It's nerd fight time. All right, well, Mike, welcome to the show. Thanks for agreeing to be the moderator for us again. Howdy. What can I say? I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, t- tell everybody uh, where you're from, what you're up to. Absolutely. Well, I, I am a uh, writer and a publisher, podcaster. Uh, I um, write a book called Tiki Zombie, among other books, um, which uh, we're working on our new issue now, starting a Kickstarter. Uh, plug, plug. And then um, also uh, I am on the uh, Earth Station One podcast every week uh, where we have a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys are d- doing awesome stuff. Um, Thank you. And I need to, every time we talk, I'm like, oh, I need to pick up all the issues of Tiki Zombie tomorrow and i never do so i need to just like make a note on the calendar to do that <laughs> well go, when, when our, our kickstarter starts up you'll be able to do just that so perfect we'll make perfect. it easy for you <laughs> perfect <laughs> so as you guys heard we are going to be now um by the way we have justin with us again for another oh, nerd greetings fight. greetings <laughs> sandra was with us again for another nerd fight hola yeah <laughs> so now we are going to be nerd fighting over we've already done the best batman but this this time we're arguing over best Spidey. We're going straight into the Spider Verse, if you will. Um, <laughs> I am arguing on behalf of Miles Morales. Sandra Demas will be arguing on behalf of Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Justin Weaver will be arguing on behalf of Toby Maguire. Yes, and <laughs> and Mike has the unfortunate job of moderating all this madness. Yet again, you, sir. Well, once again, this is, uh, we couldn't have picked a, a character that was more dear to my heart. Um, there are two characters that uh, I uh, grew up reading, and I've been reading all my life, uh, and collected almost every issue I could. And the one was Batman, the other was Spider-Man. So uh, I have been around uh, every incarnation of Spider-Man there is. He is one of my favorite characters of all time. And uh, for, for, you know, <laughs> good or bad, there's been some highs and some lows with the character and his portrayals. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot uh, there's a lot of ways that this could go. So I'm really curious to, <laughs> to see to, and to hear all your arguments. Awesome. Let's go. Let's go. The show is all yours, sir. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we'll start uh, round one. Ladies first. All right. So I think Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man because I think we have a fantastic and much more focused storyline. We've all seen the origin story a million times. They don't give that to us. Instead, we kind of jump right in and we see Spider-Man figuring it out. We see him... um, not only as a wonderful Spider-Man, but as a wonderful Peter Parker. He is much closer to the age of Peter Parker than these other uh, cats you have playing Spider-Man. So he has a much more youthful um, high school look to him. You see him interacting with his peers and his foes even um, in high school as you would expect him to, to be. He is confident, but he's also totally nerdy he is 
you know, trying to figure it out with um, not only how to navigate high school, but how to navigate being Spider-Man and trying to keep his internship with Stark, trying to hide it from his aunt and uh, trying to really just learn from learn from Tony Stark and, and fight with the Avengers. You get we get to see him so excited and fanning over being around these big superheroes. He just does such a fantastic job of portraying Peter Parker and Spider-Man. Okay, nice start. Nice start. And now we go with you, Justin. You mentioned that we've seen the origin story a million times, and I'd say that the reason we're so <laughs> familiar with the origin story uh, is because of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. And I would make the argument that it is the most, most faithful adaptation of Spider-Man to film uh, that we've seen. It is beat for beat the origin story right out of the pages of the comics. Um, everything from uh, Spider-Man uh, learning to deal with um, the powers and originally abusing that to uh, the demise of Uncle Ben to the uh, now ever famous with great power comes great responsibility line. So I would say that with Tobey Maguire being the most faithful adaptation of Spider-Man, um, if you disagree with that, you're not just disagreeing with me or disagreeing <laughs> with I, I, I won't drop names okay so <laughs> now I want to know who says this though I want to know who says this <laughs> you're not just disagreeing with me you're disagreeing with I won't name names <laughs> but it's a big one yeah but it's, but it's, it's big really one. big all right. So th on that uh, ominous note, uh, <laughs> Jay, <laughs> Justin's j laughing uncontrollably at this point. I'm fine. Uh, so this is what's really fascinating to me. Um, if you would have asked if I thought that I would ever be defending a legacy character, I would never have anticipated that, and it's because. Uh, the comics have, have had a really troubled history with legacy characters. Um, some of them have been good. Some of them have been terrible. Um, and I, I generally tend to prefer just a new character with a new origin story, with a new everything. Just don't try and, don't try and bring somebody else into the role. However, with Miles Morales, and, and I'm mostly going to be arguing from the Spider-Verse perspective here, but with Miles Morales... This is the perfect way to do legacy characters. Miles Morales uh, is a fantastic transition. The, the transition with Spider-Verse is so smooth. He's not trying to emulate Peter Parker, but he has some of the same struggles. It's applied to a different perspective and a different time frame. So in this era where legacy it can be a dirty word and where we're going to have to deal with a lot of it coming up in the MCU... Um, I think that we've been given a really awesome model for how to do legacy perfectly. And that's with Miles Morales and the Spider-Verse. Okay. Before we get to the rebuttals, which I am, uh, yes, I just want to pause for a second because I just want to clarify for the listeners and for me as the judge. Uh, so we've got two actors and a character. <laughs> so, uh, so sure. I, you know, uh, now... You could argue instead of Miles Morales, you could substitute. Is it Shamik Moore, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and that would be a solid. Um, or we could be looking at more like the depictions of these Spider Men as opposed to sp focusing on the actors that play them. Right. 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 Very true. So, so both are up for grabs as far as I'm concerned. Perfect. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll play loose with that. But I just want to make sure that, you know, listeners are like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Miles is yeah. not like. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a real person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you know, uh, so, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll continue now. So, 
Uh, excellent I, note. Excellent note, Mike. Uh, sure, sure. Just want to make sure that you know you don't lose out of technicality. <laughs> if you're going to lose, you're going to earn it. <laughs> I know. I have, I have a feeling I'm headed down that path, but <laughs> and, I am I am headed down that path. So, uh, so as far as the official rebuttal goes, there we go. There you go, Sandra. Okay. So my well, the first thing I was going to ask uh, Jay is. Who played Miles Morales? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask him just to check to see if you knew. Um, so my rebuttal to McGuire. Okay, Grandpa Spider-Man, I'll call him. Um, he's super old to be playing Spider-Man and Peter, and he looks it. Um, so just there, um, he doesn't look like the character he's trying to portray, which is important for us really believing what he's trying to do here. Um, he also lacked the smart assiness um, that one would expect to see in both Peter and uh, Spider-Man. He seemed to lean too heavily on a model of what a nerd is, um, very much insecure and um, kind of inward, where we don't necessarily see that in, in Peter Parker. I don't think we see enough of the kind of day-to-day high school life with Maguire's Peter Parker. Um, so we can't really get into that side of him. Um, I think going to Miles Morales, <laughs> I'll say he's not the Spider-Man. He's one of several incarnations. Um, he's not even the one who is necessarily propelling the plot line forward um, things are happening to him for the most part it isn't until the latter part of that film that he starts to step into this role but he's really it's almost like a montage a film length worth of montage of that like rocky training you know <laughs> <laughs> so he's getting trained and that is in itself riveting um, but it isn't saying that he's the best spider-man or the best portrayal of spider-man all right. Mm. All right, Justin. <clears throat> Sticking with Miles Morales for a moment, I think that he plays a very important aspect of that movie and a very important dimension of uh, what all the Spider-Men bring to that character and that ability and that responsibility. Um, but again, I would agree that uh, so much of the movie happens to him. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm wildly excited for uh, Into the Spider-Verse 2 whenever that comes out because I think that'll be an important movie for Miles' character um, but he is not there yet okay well Jay yeah so I do have a rebuttal against one of San- part of Sanders' argument um, and I didn't think about this. We did it. We did a podcast with uh, Scott Nicewander, and he disagrees with me on this. So he might be on Sanders Sanders team here. But I, they, they specifically uh, in Tom Holland's um, first Spider-Man movie, they specifically avoid the Uncle Ben scenario, mm-hmm. and in my opinion, that actually sets up a problem for us as the audience because we don't know the trauma that Tom Holland as Spider-Man in that story has faced before. And so we're left wondering this question of, we kind of know that there's an origin story there that may involve Uncle Ben, but we're not sure if it involves Uncle Ben. And I think that that's actually a limiting factor that they don't go into his trauma a little bit more because we don't know exactly why he's choosing to do some of the things he's choosing to do. So while uh, while I will say that I do think that Tom Holland fits perfectly into that high school role, I think we lack some of the backstory we need from him to be able to really buy into his character in some of the ways that we have in other storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, and to your point, Justin, you're right in saying that it's a faithful origin story. There's no question that it is a very faithful origin story. Um, did they even have the the whole wrestling scene in that? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah which is awesome because sometimes the origin story is told without that scene. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with Tobey Maguire uh, as Spider Man, as we as we talk about faithful origin story, 
is that it is clearly an early 2000s film. And I'm not saying that the early 2000s doesn't have a place in cinematic history for what it did for comic book movies, but I think the early 2000s was far too simplistic and didn't get into some of the complexity that we see in superhero films now. And I think that that's, looking back, I think that's a big limiting factor on how far we can go with Tobey Maguire's specific Spider-Man. Okay. All right. Well, uh, for round one, uh, I'm going to start with the zero points. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I accept. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin. I mean, no, I... You, 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 you almost went for the jugular, then yeah. you backed off and yeah. folded like a patio chair. Um, <laughs> so, you're, Mike, you're reflecting truth and reality here. So, so I, I uh, you know, while I'm dishing out these other points, I would recommend you just, you know, take a few deep breaths. <laughs> Did and you then, do the homework, like, Justin? Like round, then round two is just right around the corner. So, Perfect. Um, I'll get ready for that. Thank all you, right, sir. All right. <laughs> okay. So that leaves us with Jay and Sandra. Uh, wow. Um, once again, uh, different depictions, different, uh, different time periods. Um, you know, so it's a lot, it, a lot difficult, a, more, a lot more difficult. Although, you know, uh, Hammond and Moore are, are, are really recent. So they're not, you don't have the generational thing. So, uh, but they are two different kinds of movies. So it's a, a very difficult, and you both make really solid arguments against the other. Um, but uh, I'm going to have to lean towards Jay on this one. Yeah. So uh, so Jay gets the two, and uh, Sandra gets the one. Um, and uh, yeah. So we will clear the field <laughs> of all the deck chairs <laughs> and all the other paraphernalia. Yep. And we're going to round two, in which Justin will start. Outstanding. Well, I want to highlight for this point um, how Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man fights such a varied and iconic list of villains. Um, He fights uh, Green Goblin. He destroys Dr. uh, Dr. Otto Octavius, Doc Ock. Um, he fights Sandman and Venom. Um, and though I have some issues with uh, some of the things that happened while the symbiote was uh, a- attached to him, um, I think it's fascinating that he's ultimately fighting against the darker elements of his own self and nature, um, which we saw in the origin story when it goes to the wrestling scene, when we see that um, him not stopping the villain uh, led to uh, his uncle's death. Um, So just that this Spider-Man fights so many of the iconic um, and visually memorable villains from comic books, from cartoons uh, in this trilogy stands out to me as an important thing for any Spider-Man that I don't see as much in the other two. Okay. Jay. So you guys have, uh, you guys talked a little bit about origin stories in your first points. Um, And I want to bring up an origin story in my second point because Spider-Verse is an origin story about Spider-Man. And yet, it's entirely fresh. So this or, this origin story feels far fresher than anything we saw with Tobey Maguire. Um, as, as as true to the comics as it may have been, it certainly wasn't fresh. Uh, Andrew Garfield's origin story wasn't fresh. Tom Holland, they avoided the origin story kind of altogether. Um, and despite introducing us to five or six different Spider-Men and even Spider-Gwen from the Spider-Verse, Miles Morales stands out in this film uh, as somebody we want to root for, someone who we're behind, someone who we can't wait to see what will happen next. It's humorous. 
it's interesting. The artwork is just fantastic. The way that the visuals um, portray him and portray the rest of the story as it unfolds is fantastic. How he meets villains that we've seen before that are shocks to us that they appear in this film in different ways. This origin story is super fresh uh, uh, for a character who we've seen a billion times and heard their origin story a billion times. And yet here we have another example of Spider-Man coming out as a fresh take. All right. Sandra. So I'm going to talk about the villains that Spider-Man has faced. So Tom Holland's villain. I mean, first let's talk about Michael Keaton's vulture. He was fantastic. It's so great to see Michael Keaton in these types of movies again. Um, but the tension that we have there in that one scene with Spider-Man or with Peter Parker and the dad sitting there in the car and they both realize this is my villain. This is my foe. That scene right there was so powerful. We get to see the um, high school boy sweating it out because he's sitting in the car with his date's dad and the, the, um, anxiety that he has from that and then it just escalates once he realizes this is the guy I've been trying to get um, so the villains that he's fought not just starting off with the vulture but freaking Thanos I mean the stakes keep getting raised higher and higher for Spider-Man we see him continuing to fight even the infighting that's happening um, with the Avengers he's in all of that he continues to just have more and more tension with tougher and tougher villains and we don't see that um i mean if just thanos alone i don't think any of the villains that miles morales or Tobey Maguire spider-man fought reaches that level of just villain status okay all right so uh with round two it's now time for rebuttals and uh justin I have words prepared. Yes. <laughs> so, so we're off to a better start. Okay. Um, so, Jay, you were talking about uh, origin stories. Yeah. And the, so the thing that is true to my character for both of you guys is I don't feel the need to downplay the quality of your characters and your movies because <laughs> I love them. So what I will simply do is try to demonstrate the superiority of the two things that you guys were talking about uh, in the Tobey Maguire movies. Um, so as far as an origin story goes, uh, again, I just was talking about how uh, Tobey Maguire portrays the origin story, the Stan Lee written origin story. Um, and so while Miles Morales uh, and Into the Spider-Verse has a wonderful origin story, um, it isn't the quintessential classic original origin story that uh, I love uh, and value uh, that Tobey Maguire uh, portrays. And when we go to villains, um, Again, I don't need to downplay any of that because it's all so important. Um, but I will bring up the topic that Tobey Maguire didn't die <laughs> in any of those situations. So just a uh, superior <laughs> Spider-Man uh, in continuing to that. live. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Not afraid to go to the, the jugular this from round. Previous mistakes, yes. <laughs> exactly. Even name drop Stan Lee once again. Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay, I'll back off a bit. I'll, I'll back off a little bit. <laughs> okay, Jay. All right. So here's here's my here's my argument, and it's just going to go against both of you in sort of one fell swoop, if you don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Efficiency, I value it. Yeah. Yes. So, Streamline so it. Sandra, you said better villains, but I would argue that Justin's argument is more valid because there's more of the classic Spider-Man villains. And I'm not discounting Michael Keaton's performance, which was phenomenal. Um, and we saw him go against Thanos, but he kind of just teamed up with a bunch of other people to go against Thanos. When Spider-Man is going against Spidey's villains, I think that's better portrayed in Justin's movie. But Justin... <laughs> you brought up the symbiote, my friend. Oh, I did. Which gave us one of the single worst moments in cinematic <laughs> comic book history 
And yet my film made a joke about it. It did. Made it all right and made us all laugh. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I feel like Jay's got something against superheroes dancing. I don't know. <laughs> I think I so. Just, Who I, hurt you, Jay? Except for Star-Lord. Not Star-Lord. I'm, 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 I'm behind Star-Lord dancing. getting that vibe. Okay, Sandra. All right. So I will say regarding origin story, um, the thing that I love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, yes, we don't see that origin story, but I think we have to wait for it. I think what they've set up with Spider-Man, first they've escalated him pretty quickly because he went from being Spider-Man to jumping into the being with the Avengers and you know seeing him fanboy over that. Um, I think we're going to get tastes of the origin story, which I think is a a wonderful way to discover the character. So there's so much more yet to discover with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. And I love that they don't just spoon feed it to us because we, again, we do know the origin story. We know this character and where he's come from, but we get to like wait and see that unfold bit by bit. And I think that there's so much more potential for Holland as a Spider-Man than with these two characters. Mm. And I can delve into that in my next point. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we'll get there in a minute. All right. So you're basically acknowledging that Justin's point's so bad you don't need to rebut it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I'm going to go with... Uh, man, this one was tough. And uh, you guys were really heavily talking about origin stories and arguing back and forth about that. And um, I'm sorry, Sandra, but wait for it is yeah, not I know. a valid rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that's going to have to... Plus, you know, um, Thanos uh, against him. Yeah, that's not playing out very well for your character either. <laughs> so, so I'm I knew gonna, I was going to get a zero. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to have to give you a zero on that. Um, and so, yeah, now we're in between Jay and Justin, and uh, you know, Justin, I, I have to uh, give you points for you know telling the classic origin story, uh, putting that on 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 film as is, uh, and the way it was intended. Uh, won me over that one. So I'm going to give you the two points for that, and uh, Jay gets one. All right. I'll, I'll take one. I'll take one point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, Jay, right now, you are in the lead with three. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Justin's got two, and uh, Sandra's got one. So it's still close. It's still, yeah. uh, you know, this could, uh, round three is important. So. It's still anyone's mm. game. So Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, start us off. Yeah, so my my... Biggest point here is that Miles Morales is the perfect Spider-Man for 2018, 2019, moving into the 2020s. He comes from a blended family. He feels like he fits in the modern day. He's uh, integrated into a fascinating, interesting part of New York. Um, His family is blue collar, and he's relatable to just about everybody. I think that Spider-Verse will do, and Miles Morales will do more for comic book movies than even last year's Infinity War because Spider-Verse will allow a new generation of comic book fans to see themselves in that character. And what a fantastic character to see themselves in. Miles Morales is taking us in a really good direction and he's proving that anyone can be Spider-Man. <laughs> wow. Finish with the tagline. <laughs> All right, Sandra. Okay. So, talking about where we're going to be headed with these characters. So, with Tom Holland Spider-Man, we don't know what's going to happen to him. Um, but first of all, I think he immediately um was people were attached to him as Spider-Man. Everyone was talking about Mr. Spark, Mr. Stark. I don't feel so good. Everyone was ripped apart by that scene. So the attachment was there and people have a fondness for this Spider-Man. But we also in Homecoming, we saw Aaron Davis in there. So where we can go with this Spider-Man, 
who knows we could potentially see a live action film with Miles Morales because we have his uncle already portrayed in Homecoming with Donald Glover so I'm excited for where Tom Holland can take the Spider-Man okay Justin well you both are looking at the future (laughs) I am going to look to the past (laughs) and make the audacious claim that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is the most important representation of Spider-Man here's why he (laughs) is the first big screen adaptation of Spider-Man and it was in a time that the general movie going public was not saturated with superhero movies the only other real superhero movie that had come out recently was the uh, 2000 uh, Brian Singer X-Men um, and uh, Sam Raimi directed the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Uh, it came out in 2002, six years before the MCU even started. So we have talked a number of times in these podcasts about just because someone's the first and just because you're a pioneer doesn't make you the best. But there is something very important that if this film hadn't been as well received as it was, um, both critically and with the fan base and financially, um, that it would it it paved the way for both of your films. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, it is uh, <laughs> it is <laughs> it is the first film uh, in history to reach a hundred million dollars in a single weekend. And I feel like a lot of these stats are getting close to uh, looking at DVD. Uh, special features so <laughs> let's just stick with the vagueness of um, it was a wildly successful movie that opened the floodgates for all of the other superhero movies to follow including yours <laughs> mm. alright Jay mm. time to rebut yeah so I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man I think Tom Holland is a fantastic Spider-Man, and I do think that his death uh, in Infinity War is by far the best scene that he's in. Um, he brings a really strong emotional portrayal to uh, that movie. Um, and I don't have anything negative to say about that. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I'm going to leave that there. That was, uh, that was my first rebuttal, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go with this besides Tom Holland's awesome. Um <laughs> But, Justin, I do want to say something to you, sir. Uh, you talked about the marketplace was not saturated with superhero movies back then. And I think that's maybe why it did so well. Because mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of other alternatives to to go look at. Um, comparative to today's films, the films that we're seeing now, uh, it is nowhere near the quality that we would like to see from some of today's films. And I would I would dare to say this that when we look at a film that looks like it was made around that time frame, we look at a film like Venom, which is not a good film. Yeah. So I think the complexity of today is far superior than the Tobey Maguire we got back in the day. Yeah. And to, <laughs> to add to that, I would say a big reason why Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man did so well is because it was on the heels of 9-11. And... They, so people, especially in the U.S., needed a hero. We needed a hero, and this one was set in New York, and they even changed one of the, um, one of the battles where the plane, the helicopter, was not stuck in between the um, two towers, and um, that is why I think it did so well. I think Venom would have done well. <laughs> in 2000 (laughs) Um, so I I don't know if that's necessarily um, I mean we can thank it in a sense that it did do well but it was really because of what was happening in the world to be honest and it isn't like Jay said it isn't a great film okay is that your complete rebuttal for both I don't even remember Jay's point (laughs) (laughs) I just said he's awesome (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, rebut ha- that. He ha- sucks, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Holland is awesome. That is my rebuttal. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Justin. All right. Um, so 
I think it is unfair to uh, try to say that Spider-Man in 2002 wasn't a great movie. First of all, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Second, <laughs> secondly, um, I don't think you can compare the first model of something to the things that were built upon it. Mm. So the somewhat broken analogy that I used was uh, comparing the Model T to a Mustang. It's like, well, the Mustang's way cooler. Like, yeah, it is, <laughs> but it couldn't have been made without the Model T. Um, so it's, it's sort of comparing apples and oranges in some uh, respect. So um, I still think that neither of these movies would have been made without the pioneering effort of Spider-Man. And did your movies improve on it? I would say yes. Um, but I don't think they would exist without the phenomenal effort and the risk and uh, the uh, audacity of putting uh, a movie out. And even if uh, it was a time that uh, we needed a hero, I, I don't think that's necessarily an argument against it. I think that was a reading of the time. So like what you were saying about Miles Morales being a hero for these times, um, I think that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man is the hero that we needed at that time and also was the hero that paved the way for many more heroes to come after him. Excellent. All right. Whew. Okay. So now I have to decide. <laughs> I have to decide, and uh, I'm going to start again with zero. And uh, I'm sorry, Sandra, but uh, <laughs> but uh, not even 9/11 could have saved Venom. Uh, so uh, <laughs> so I, I just wow. <laughs> I, I can't I can't I can't I can't see that happening. So. <laughs> I have to know. Um, and uh, and so then it's down between Jay and Justin. And uh, Jay, your point about, uh, about uh, the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man, in particular, uh, Miles uh, becoming a, a diverse and it's almost universally um, uh, a recognized Spider-Man. And um, uh, one that we can uh, that everybody can uh, that everybody can identify with. It, it resonated with me, so I'm giving you the two, and uh, and and Justin, you get the one. So, so that leads us with Jay. You've got a whopping five. Yes. Justin, you've got three, <laughs> and Sandra, you didn't you didn't strike out completely. I got a one. You did. <laughs> or 100, depending um, on how you read it. <laughs> totally. <laughs> one zero zero. Um, uh, you definitely, you know, each had a set of challenges. Uh, Jay's challenge was that he wasn't, it wasn't a live action. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't even Peter Parker, right? Right. Um, uh, Justin's, obviously, was uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, uh, that those movies have a lot of baggage now uh, associated with them. And, uh, and Sandra, yours is just that, you know, he just, we don't have enough of, of him. So, mm. um, so mm. it's hard, but so, um, yeah, so we've got two left. And so the question that I'm going to ask of the two survivors is, I think it's, I, yeah, I think it's a universal truth that, uh, the character of Spider-Man, when it comes down to his core and it sounds cliche, it sounds corny. You know, but it really is, uh, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. So um, I want you to talk about or like how well your Spider-Men bring that idea to life. I, Are you guys I, ready? My argument is prepared. I think Justin's still working on his. He's still okay. That's fair. I think I'm ready. You think you're ready? Think you're ready? Yeah, all right. Okay, so both Justin and Jay have had a little bit of time to come up with uh, answers to the question, which 
character or which of the portrayals of Spider-Man best embody with great power comes great responsibility. And uh, since uh, Jay, you are the lead leader as far as points goes, you get to choose whether you want to go first or not. I think I will go second. Actually, I'll let I'll let Tobey Maguire try and defend himself. <laughs> well, at least again, uh, along with my arguments. This is a place that he's used to being, leading the way. <laughs> so, when, Excellent. Uh, when it comes to uh, the question of how does Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh, measure up to that high mantle of with great power comes great responsibility, it overtly comes to life in that he is the one who immortalized those lines on film for us. Um, he also feels the weight of that responsibility because of his grave mistakes that led to Uncle Ben's death. We see that in his origin story. It's from that place and that very hard-learned lesson that he emerges and takes on each foe. He puts himself in harm's way repeatedly and regularly, whether it is trying to save his friend from going down the same dark path that his father did, um, or saving uh, his love interest, um, or saving the various citizens of New York City that seem to find themselves in harm's way in one way or another. <laughs> he is constantly putting himself in harm's way because, uh, really because he should, because he can do something about it, and so he decides to. Um, again, for me, this is very tied into his origin story, um, because we see what happens when he doesn't, um, and he saw what happens when he doesn't. So, uh, throughout that trilogy, we see himself put himself in harm's way because it's the right thing to do, because he has the ability to stop something. And, uh, going back to what I was saying about Batman, he is sacrificing himself. He is demonstrating what it is to be a hero. All right, Jay. Uh, I'm really glad you went in that direction with it because I think it showcases something about your Spider-Man and it showcases something about my Spider-Man that's really important. So Miles showcases what it means that great power, with great power comes great responsibility in two different ways. The first way is that we see the contrast Without being told the contrast is there, we see the contrast between how he deals with his uncle and how he deals with his father. And the movie doesn't beat us over the head with the uncle is bad. In fact, at first, we sort of think that in the Spider-Verse that the uncle is sort of a good influence on him. His dad seems like he's maybe a little bit too uptight and he's too... Uh, domineering over his son and not letting his son express some of the things that his son needs to express. This is a key example of with great power comes great responsibility, but it's subtle. It doesn't have to hit us over the head with it. It doesn't have to get super crazy out of control. It's just weaved in that the dad is responsible and with great power comes great responsibility. And yet with the uncle, he is totally irresponsible. And we see the consequences of those actions. Secondly, we see this occur because we actually see uh, a Spider-Man in Peter B. Parker who doesn't have any sort of great power or great responsibility at all. He's slipped into a very negative place, and yet Miles Morales and meeting Miles Morales is the thing that brings him back up to the Spider-Man that everybody knows and loves. Um, somebody like Peter A. Parker that can become a real hero in our eyes. So the great thing... I like about Into the Spider-Verse and Miles Morales' Spider-Man is because we know at this point in time that with great power comes great responsibility. They can showcase it to us without ever uttering those words. Justin, what do you say about that? I think it's interesting that you said that they don't beat us over the head with the uncle is bad because I'd say he is very clearly a villain, <laughs> but that's a little bit of a side topic. Um, so I agree that um, Spider-Man, uh, that Miles Morales does inspire others, and that's one of his most endearing traits. 
and he has some pretty cool powers and takes on responsibility by the end of the movie. So I do think that we see him take up that mantle, um, but it's late in the third act. And so it is important. It did happen, but I don't think we have as many examples partially just because there are fewer films and I fully acknowledge that um, but that character took a long time to get to the place of putting himself in harm's way uh, for the greater good um, and I think that Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man uh, spent a lot more time in that place of putting himself in the crosshairs and putting himself in harm's way because he could, because he could help, because he can stop a train with a <laughs> bunch of spider webs. Um, so, yeah, not again, not to downplay Into the Spider-Verse, because we all love it, but uh, I think Tobey Maguire's character demonstrates that trait more often and more consistently. Mm. Uh, so the first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll just make one clarification, and that's that uh, I don't think the uncle is clearly a villain at all until he's revealed to actually be the villain. And that twist is a fantastic twist. But before that, I think he's a super cool uncle. And that's the portrayal that we're, they're giving us. But more specifically, uh, to your point, I think that you actually described by saying that he doesn't make the turn into being more of a responsible hero into the third act. I think you just described a really fantastic hero's journey story. So in my opinion, I love that part of it. And I don't think that's a negative. I think it's actually a really big positive. Whereas we kind of already know what to expect from what's going to happen with Tobey Maguire. It's given to us already in the comics because it's such a straight up adaptation of what's going on that there's really no surprise there. And it's not shocking to see what happens in that film. <laughs> Justin's making faces at me now. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you can't prove it because it's a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oof. The basic argument seems to be, you know, uh, uh, classic origin versus le like future legacy, you know. Um, uh, but and you guys both make really good points. Um, now, um, Justin, you point out, of course, that uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man gets to um, we get to see this more often. Well, there's more movies, so yeah. obviously that's. Uh, that's uh, 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 Jay's under a little bit of a handicap, but uh, I think Jay really won me over when he basically pointed out that it's Miles Morales, his character that reminds Peter Parker to be Spider-Man again, and and that's probably um, uh, the most compelling argument you can make for that. So, so I'm going to give this to Jay. Yay! Yay! <laughs> It's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's such a it's so interesting to take this and and see all you guys' uh, angles and uh, thoughts and opinions about these characters and these portrayals because it's it's amazing how even though it's the same character, how how you can come at it at different angles. Well, I have to say, Mike, you are a fantastic moderator. Not just because you chose yeah. me. <laughs> not just because you chose me. That's yeah, not I don't, what you I don't... said after the first one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I literally. So, so I've already mentioned this, but we recorded the uh, the best Batman and best Spider Man podcast back to back, and I literally messaged Mike Gordon like forty five minutes before we were about to start, and was like, "Hey, do you want to moderate for the night?" Uh, and just does, he just comes in and just blows it away. So, so Mike, let the people know where you are again, where they can follow you, where they can find your stuff. Uh, absolutely, and thanks again for the invitation, uh, last minute though it was, as as well as uh, the opportunity to just hang with you guys. This has been a lot of fun. So, um, uh, um, yes, you can find me on Earth Station One every week. That's EarthStation1.com, and of course, if you want to find out all about my books and everything else, all the other nonsense that I'm involved with, just go to NewLegendMike.com. All right, let's get into some of the responses we've had from our Patreon supporters. 
They've got some really good things to say about their favorite Spider-Man. Joshua Beckham says, to be honest, I'm not super familiar with Spider-Man in all of his films, but if I can pick one quickly out of my head, I'll go with Peter B. Parker from Into the Spider-Verse. Maybe it's because I can relate to an older and more grizzled worldwise Peter, one who's been through life's ups and downs. I also like his journey in the film. From what I can remember, he goes from being cynical and down and out, but by the end of the film, he regains hope in rebuilding his relationship with Mary Jane and has his sense of purpose restored. I always like a story that ends with hope. Meanwhile, our patron Brianna said, I have to say that Tom Holland is my favorite. I think he fits the character very well and plays the awkwardness of Peter Parker well, too. Andrew Garfield did a nice job as well, but I can relate more to Tom's version. On the Story Geeks Twitter poll I did on my personal Twitter account, at Jay Shear, which you can find in the show notes, Tom Holland won... With 62% of the votes, it's coming in second place with Shamik Moore with 21% of the vote. Andrew Garfield got 12% of the vote. Toby McGuire got 5% of the vote. On our Facebook account, we ran a similar poll. Tom Holland clearly won that one. Uh, Shamik Moore came in second. Toby McGuire came in third. And Andrew Garfield came in fourth. I was really surprised, but nobody voted for Jake Johnson as Peter B. Parker. If you want to take part in our polls or if you want your voice heard on the podcast, you can follow me, Jay Shear, at Jay Shear, S-H-E-R-E-R, or at The Story Geeks on Twitter, or you can join our Facebook group, which has a lot of really great discussions that happen there, or you can become a Patreon supporter, and if you become a Patreon supporter, that's when we actually read some of your opinions on the podcast itself. You can find all of that information over at thestorygeeks.com. That's it for today's show. Special thanks again to Michael Gordon from the ESO podcast and the comic Tiki Zombie for joining us. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you missed last week's episode on the evolution of Iron Man in the MCU with Helen O'Hara from the Empire podcast, be sure to check it out on our podcast feed or on our blog at thestorygeeks.com. And don't miss next week's show on the evolution of Thor in the MCU. Helen is back with us for that one as well to round out the journeys of the main three characters. Make it easy on yourself by subscribing to the Story Geeks podcast on your preferred podcast provider. If you enjoyed today's show or any of the Story Geeks podcasts, please share our show with a geek friend or review the Story Geeks podcast on iTunes. We're going to go switch over to our aftercast, so I hope you'll join us for that as well. We'll be talking about Michael Gordon's favorite Spider-Man. Get more information on our aftercast and all of our other premium content over at thestorygeeks.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, question everything in your favorite geek stories. Always seek the truth. Special thanks to these amazing people who help us produce the Story Geeks podcast by supporting us on Patreon. Anthony Holder, Adam Vargas, Alexandra Leonis, Brianna, Bryce Cox, Connie Moe, Jim and Mary Baldwin, Joshua Beckham, Jeremy and Kimberly Lujoe, Monty Thigpen, Ray DeLeon, Samuel Pedokin, Wade Johnson, and our latest supporter, Jessica Pritchett. To gain access to our Aftercast and unlock more Patreon rewards, or just to support the show, please head over to thestorygeeks.com for more information.